Welcome to the Kinetic Enterprise, built to evolve, presented by Deloitte. Your host for the program is Bonnie D. Graham. This program will set up your business for the future with topics centered on the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise. We'll focus on case studies and best practices designed to move you to the next level. Now, here is Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's see what the buzz is today. I found a quote from a person named Fallon Fatimi, contributor to the entrepreneur section of Forbes.com. Listen up. Just as it's important to understand the health risks of skipping your veggies, it's essential to understand how technical debt run wild can later paralyze your company. There you go. That's a little hint of what we're going to be talking about today. So what is the biggest limiting factor preventing enterprises, companies like yours, our listeners around the world, from having the agility you need to adapt and pivot to the fast-paced evolution of technology capabilities and evolving market dynamics? That's a big thought. There's a lot packed in there. So the idea is you need to be agile, you need to adapt, and you need to pivot. That's what we're looking for. That's the health. Well, the answer to that question is business and technical debt. That's why I picked that quote. How can you solve this challenge? Companies like yours need to strive to be clean. We're putting that in quote marks. In order to be able to have the intelligent enterprise you need to be strategic with what they custom build in their core and leverage a platform first approach to enable competitive advantage. That's what you all want. You want to be competitive. The market is packed. You need to be out there. You need to be doing what you need to do. Don't get weighed down by business and technical debt, but you already probably have some. So stick around with us for insights on the kinetic enterprise, clean and intelligent with platform first from, we have three gentlemen at Deloitte who are really smart, really savvy about this. Help us figure it out. We're going to be speaking with Chip Klein-Hexel, who has been on other Game Changers radio shows with me before. Chip, welcome back. Newcomers Chris Hott and Mike Corden, all three at Deloitte. I am Bonnie D. Graham, and it's my privilege now to have our panelists introduce themselves. Chip Klein-Hexel, Principal at Deloitte Consulting in the Enterprise Performance Practice. Chip, please say hello and tell us what you've been up to, and if people don't know you, what do you do, and what's your relationship to clean and platform first? Go ahead, Chip. Hey, Hey, Bonnie, uh, it's Chip. Uh, great talking to you again. Uh, yeah, so I'm a principal in, in our enterprise performance practice. I focus primarily on SAP. Uh, I lead large enterprise S4HANA implementations, or you know, the suite of SAP products. Um, and then I also lead our strategy for our platforms and assets. So that's the products and solutions we bring to our clients, as well as the assets we use to implement them. Uh, and so I have a lot of focus around clean ERP and, and how we're advising our clients to implement SAP and how we're out there teaching our practitioners to do it. So excited to, to talk about the topic. Thank you very much, Chip. Glad to have you back. And now let's move around the table to our two newcomers, Chris Hott, H-O-T-T, Senior Manager with Deloitte Consulting, LLP. And Chris specializes in leading complex business transformation. Sounds like a big job. Chris, welcome and please tell us what you do. Hi, Bonnie. Really happy to be here today. Um, in my role with our clients, I really focus on helping clients. I'm in the SAP practice, too, so SAP mm-hmm. is the core of what I do. But I help our clients understand all of their different systems that are in their landscape and how they're going to play together in the future. Some of those are going to be applications they want to deprecate out of their landscape. Some of them are innovative applications they want to move towards. And so my focus is helping our clients put SAP at the core of understanding how to build this connected platform for growth and innovation. Thank you very much, Chris. Pleasure to meet you. Mike Corden, you're the only one on the panel whose name doesn't start with C, so welcome, Mike. (laughs) Senior Manager at Deloitte Consulting, LLP, specializing in business transformations. Mike Corden, welcome, and tell us a little bit about what you do, please. Hi, Bonnie. Thank you. Uh, Common theme as well. I'm also aligned to the SAP practice. As you mentioned, I'm really aligned to large business transformations. Really what I look for is working with our clients to um, talk through what their business architecture is. There's constant change in the market and really bring a functional and a technical um, point of view to help them in this responsive enterprise to make sure that they're looking ahead and how do they adapt to all the constant change that we're seeing. 
Thank you very much. Constant change. And I think the three words I used in my opening that are so important here, pivoting, agility, I think I said flexibility. I want to ask our three panelists, before we get to your quotes, you've all sent me an opening quote that has nothing to do with the topic and you're going to interpret it for us. But I want to ask you the meaning of the word clean. I have it here in quotes, clean and intelligent with platform first. Let me just go around the table. I've talked about technical debt, business debt. So Chip Klein-Hexel, what does clean mean in terms of getting yourself ready, getting your company ready to be that agile, pivot-capable company? What do you think? Well, Bonnie, you know, every technical implementation, they all start with good intentions, right? And yes. you start with your typical configuration. Next thing you know, you're talking about competitive advantage. Then you start building in some nice-to-have requirements. And all of a sudden, some of those things become outdated, and next thing you know, if you're not careful, you look and you've got an ERP that you're now leveraging as a development platform rather than the, the way it was initially intended. Um, and so clean to me is making sure you're very, very strategic about what you truly bring into that core and looking to leverage other tools, cloud-type enablement, um, to be able to be strategic about what you bring in and, and actually keep a lot of that out. To do exactly what you said, right? To not prevent agility. Thank you very much. Uh, Chip, I'm remembering back in the days when I was a programmer analyst and we used to call it spaghetti code when you would inherit <laughs> something that had been touched programming. I was programming at that point in PL1 on an IBM 4341 for a system in the state <laughs> of Oregon. And you just inherit this stuff and it was just there in so many hands. It touched it and it was just getting way to everybody loves spaghetti, but it wasn't very al dente at that point. It was OMG, what in the world has happened here? It was probably technical debt. Interesting. Chris Hott, what do you think about this concept of clean related to the intelligent enterprise related to Kinetic? Yeah. So, well, no one really has one system in their environment anymore. So mm -hmm. where we used to have spaghetti code that you're talking about, now we've got spaghetti connections, right? We've got all of these different points <laughs> of points, all of these different, this whole landscape um, connecting to each other. So building off of what Chip said, if we've got an ERP in the core of this environment um, as the clean ERP, as the place where we've really captured our most criti critical systems, then we can really be clean about how we connect to all of the other systems in the landscape and really be well-documented and thoughtful about how they interact and interplay, making them fast and making us able to add and remove those applications whenever we want. It sounds beautiful. What we used to call in programming, and I don't know if, if people still do, it sounds like you're talking, Chris, about elegant. Am I right? An elegant system where everything just Absolutely. makes sense and the paths are clean and there's none of what we're calling technical and business debt. Thank you. Mike Corden, we'd love to hear from you. Thoughts on clean, adaptable, adapting, pivot, flexible, fluid. What do you think? So Agile? So when I think about it, I think in years past, it was a one-stop shop within the ERP where mm -hmm. all businesses wanted to have any competitive advantage all in one place. I think as we're seeing now is everything's evolving. There's a lot of, and I'll call them edge systems, systems that can do capabilities that were previously built in the core that we can now use in, their, in, the, in the correct way, in the way they were intended to build. And then, as, as Chris mentioned, this integrated system and this integrated landscape, if my core is clean, it gives me that adaptability and cleaner view for the future of how am I using those edge systems and getting the most out of those rather than um, making all those updates and customizations within my core. Thank you very much. Great. I, I think Chris was the one who said uh, spaghetti connections. I appreciated that very much. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Um, quick question for all of you. We're, before we, we still haven't gotten to the quotes yet, but question. It sounds like this is a massive task. It could be a massive task for people in these companies. Somebody has to say, wait a minute. We are laden with this debt. We are burdened. We are not pivoting. We are not agile. Somebody has to take a look. Is this, this something that you need a whole department, a whole team to go and untangle that, throw out the old spaghetti, clean up the connections, clean up the debt, and make everything what we're calling clean and intelligent and kinetic? Let me just run around the table one more time. Chip, whose job is it to, to acknowledge this, to take care of it, to fix it? Chip? Oh, Bonnie, that is a, it's a, a difficult 
question to answer. Um, I think it, it, it starts, I think it, it, it's twofold, right? I think the governance needs to come from the CIO and the IT organization. Um, but the behavior has to be embedded within the business, right? Because a lot of times I mean, the, the prevailing mindset for the business for years and years is if I, you know, I've, I've got something I need, you know, IT will help me customize it. And that, that can no longer be the case. So IT's got to provide that governance, but the business needs to continue to be educated on, hey, some of these things I've asked to customize in the past is now what's slowing us down from being able to move at the pace of business that we want to do right now. And so I have to be smarter about the things I ask and balance that out with the technologies and the way that we, we solve for it. Thank you very much. Very, very nice answer. Very honest answer. Let's go around to Chris. What do you think? Well, Bonnie, we, we see clients do these transformations, both what we call from core to the edge and from edge to core. So what mm-hmm. I mean by that is sometimes these big tr- business transformations, if the client is in that phase um, of their overall journey, they can be the catalyst, like you said, to take on this work in sort of mm-hmm. one big chunk and, and really go after cleaning up from the core all the way to the edge. But if clients don't have the current appetite or they're not in the right place to do a large business transformation, we see, as long as the governance that Chip talked about is in place, we see clients picking certain edge systems and really Mm -hmm. sort of transforming the code in that edge system and then transforming the connections in that edge system and using this as a pattern to replicate across their landscape. So really, clients can tackle it from both directions depending on where they are in their journey. Thank you very much. Mike Gordon, we'd love to get your POV on this. What do you see? Sure. And I'll start with uh, one of the points that Chip made. I think it, it definitely resonated with me is from the top down is where, for me, mm-hmm. where it begins. Because this is a change in thinking, but it has to be collaborative across the business and across the IT organization. But if the direction is set from the top down, I think that allows the, the conversations to be um, a little bit more fruitful. And everyone's on the same page that we're, we're trying to get away from the way that we thought in the past. And we're, we're really going to go down this journey of having a clean RP and making sure that we're putting the right, whether they're enhancements or customizations, in the proper place rather than a one-stop shop. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for your, for your great answers. I really appreciated that. Chip, finally, we're getting to the quotes you've all sent me before the show, and I love the quotes I received. So let's go with Chip, and Chip has sent a quote from Michael Jordan. Anybody doesn't know Michael Jordan, I call him a young man born in 1963, known as MJ, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, American former basketball, professional basketball player, principal owner of the Charlotte Hornets of the NBA, 15 seasons with the NBA, six championships with the Chicago. Chicago Bulls and his website, his biography actually on the NBA website says, by acclamation, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. There we go. Here is the quote Chip has selected. I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Chip, great quote. Talk to me. How does this relate to our topic today, please? Well, first, Bonnie, I'm I'm chuckling because I didn't tell Mike I was using this quote. And Mike <laughs> is the resident. He's the resident Chicagoan. Um, so he's probably laughing that I chose it. Since, <laughs> since I'm the one from Michigan and I'm a Pistons fan. But um, the reason why I chose this <laughs> we'll quote. We'll forgive you. Is, you know, <laughs> that's right. The reason why I chose this quote is that I mean, you, you, you've already heard it in the first few minutes here. Getting to be clean and leveraging this concept is not easy. It's not yeah. going to be easy for clients. Um, and, but, but we can't, you can't fall back, right? And you can't just su- succumb to the challenges that are there and say, ah, you know what? We're just going to build it in our core. Um, you, have to, you have to go after and continue to try and proceed forward and persevere um, because it is, it is for the, the, the better of what we're saying as a kinetic enterprise, right? It's, mm-hmm. If you go back to what our good friend Darwin has been preaching from the beginning, right? We can't be building these things to last. They have to be built to evolve. And if we're going to do that, it's on us, even when we fail, to, to continue to, to proceed forward. 
There you go. Thank you very much. Great quote. I think Mike might have forgiven you. I'm not sure. We'll get around the table to him in just <laughs> oh, a minute. Mike liked it. I know he liked it. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, Chip, when you said I didn't ask Mike, I thought you were saying Mike for Mike Jordan. And I thought you were saying, I used his no, quote. No. I didn't. And I thought, well, you certainly know, know your basketball stars. If you need to ask him permission, <laughs> that, that was very charming. Thank you. Chris, I'm over to you. You have selected a quote from Danny Hillis. I'm sorry, I didn't know who he was. He is. He's still very much alive and well. William Daniel Danny Hillis, H-I-L-L-I-S, born in 1956. He's still a young guy, American inventor, entrepreneur, scientist. I love that combination, who pioneered parallel computers and their use in AI. Wow. He founded Thinking Machines Corporation, a parallel supercomputer manufacturer, and was a fellow at Walt Disney Imagineering. That's some career path. He's a visiting professor at the MIT Media Lab. Here's the quote. Technology is everything that doesn't work yet. Chris, where did you find this quote and what does it have to do with our topic? (laughs) Well, uh, when I when I think back to to Danny Hillis and, and where he was, he was really one of the pioneers of really getting computers started. Uh, back then, almost nothing worked right away. So we've come a long way from from where Danny was in terms of just figuring things out to begin with in the early stages of computer and artificial intelligence. But when we look at today, there's all kinds of great innovative technology out there that. Um, that the startups around the company that uh, established firms are are bringing to the market that our clients want to try out. But the truth is, and we all know this, new cutting-edge technology, just like this quote says, that's the stuff that doesn't work quite right yet, and we need to figure out how to make it work. And so the, the concept here is that our clients need to have this clean and stable ERP core. At one point, ERP was that technology, that, that thing that was at the edge that doesn't quite work yet. Now it's really become table stakes. That needs to be stable and just moving along in a clean and stable fashion so that we have the opportunity with our clients to plug in and try out these cool new technologies that may bring great value to their business. But we need to be able to do that in a way that's thoughtful, elegant, like you said earlier, so that we don't disrupt that core clean process that keeps their business running. Thank you very much. Wonderful around the table. And we have one more quote from Mike Corden, who has quoted Albert Einstein. Hard to get through a show any day of the week without somebody quoting Einstein, because even if he didn't say everything, it sounds like it came from him. I think this is truly an Einstein quote. Einstein, if anybody hasn't heard about him, Albert Einstein, 1879 to 1955. So he passed away two a year before the previous quoted person was born. Interesting. German-born theoretical physicist developed the theory of relativity, one of the two pillars of modern physics alongside quantum mechanics, known for his influence on the philosophy of science, and he is known for the most famous equation in the world, E equals MC squared. There you go, 1929 Nobel Prize in Physics. And here is the quote. If you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. Mike, how'd you pick this one? We love this quote. Yeah, so whenever I I use this quote quite often just for my own personal use, but even connecting it to this topic today, um, I think we've already talked about how things are changing. And as I was looking at Kinetic Enterprise, it was one thing that I had to really look inside myself and say, I've always done it this way. Things are shifting. You need to learn what is the new way because this is what we will be discussing in the future. And if I can't explain it simply to others, no one's going to understand what the concept is and how it will benefit them. So really, when I look at this quote, I apply it not just to this topic, but all new topics that are coming down the line as as things continue to evolve, because I always want to be in a position where I'm understanding it well enough to be able to explain it to a group, to to peers, um, to really, frankly, anybody, so that it's in terms and, and in a way that people can really see the value on why are we changing our thinking and why are we why are we evolving in the way that we are. There you go. And that reminds me of my favorite quote, Mike. It's in French, plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. The more things change, the more they stay the same. 
we're looking at it's at the core of people it's at the core of starting a company building a company keeping it the words we love agile and fluid and adaptable and adapting and being able to pivot as the times require thank you to the three of you for really great quotes guess what you have all earned a break we're going to take a quick 90 second break and when we come back we're going to look at all of the interesting statements my panel has sent me before the show. We're talking today, if you're just tuning in, this is the Kinetic Enterprise Built to Evolve, presented by Deloitte. And our topic is the Kinetic Enterprise, clean and intelligent with platform first. We've already talked about the word clean, and we're going to move ahead with platform first. I'm speaking today, very honored to be speaking with Chip Klein-Hexel, Principal at Deloitte Consulting, Chris Hott, Senior Manager at Deloitte Consulting, and Mike Corden, a Senior Manager also at Deloitte Consulting. Very powerful panel, very savvy gentlemen, a lot to talk about. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I used to say don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. But I love what one of the hosts on NPR says, stay, and we'll be right back. Aaron out. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Yesterday's enterprise was built to last. At Deloitte, we believe today's enterprise needs to be built to evolve no matter what the future brings. It will innovate at the speed of ideas. It will maximize opportunities for value. And it will move with purpose to make an impact that matters. Today's enterprise aspires to become the Kinetic Enterprise, an intelligent, responsive, cloud-enabled enterprise operating with a clean ERP and an inclusive ecosystem of digital capabilities. Do more than just react to change. Stand ready for it. Discover how Deloitte can help you build a cloud-enabled enterprise that can scale right on demand and evolve at the pace of disruption. Make an impact with the Kinetic Enterprise, running the SAP Solution ecosystem in partnership with Deloitte. Find out what it takes to put the Kinetic Enterprise into motion. Learn more at Deloitte.com SAP. Reimagine everything. This advertisement contains general information only, and Deloitte is not by any means of this message rendering professional advice or services. Kinetic Enterprise is a trademark of Deloitte Development, LLC. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to The Kinetic Enterprise, built to evolve, presented by Deloitte. Want even more insights? Discover them at Deloitte.com SAP or contact SAP at Deloitte.com via email. Now, back to the program. Here we are talking today about the Kinetic Enterprise, clean and intelligent with a platform-first approach, speaking with three very smart gentlemen who know what they're talking about, Chip Klein-Hexel, Chris Hutt, and Mike Corden, all at Deloitte Consulting. And I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. Now it's time for our true roundtable, even though we've been making our way around the table many, many times already. And here we go. Chip Klein-Hexel has sent me the following statement. We're going to talk about this, Chip. Chip says, innovation is an iterative process. It's not something that is one and done. Rather, the value needs to be proven time and time again, requiring you to reimagine, transform, operate, and more importantly, assess. Wow, this is packed. This is, these are words for a company to live by. Chip, please tell us more, and then we'll invite Chris and Mike to chime in with their POV. Go ahead, Chip. Yeah, Bonnie. Um, you know, as we look at all the different disrupting factors that client that you know industries are facing companies are facing right whether it's technology just moving at a, a faster pace than it ever has before whether it's you know global dynamics kind of economic volatility across the board companies they can't look at it as they used to when it comes to innovation where it was just a very sequential thing i established a business case i went and i implemented i then operated and I look to see that I achieve my business case, right? 
It has to be much more iterative because it has to be willing to pivot and evolve as new things come their way because the world isn't going to stop and global markets aren't going to stop. So instead, as it said, got to be able to reimagine, got to be able to transform, operate, and then we got to go back and look at it and say, all right, what can we improve on? What can we change? Where should we innovate better? That may require relooking at the business case and reevaluating those technology solutions. Sometimes it may mean you, you throw it all away and you start over again. But that's, that's the premise here. Uh, and the way that it ties back into clean and clean ERP is that if you don't have a clean ERP, you don't have the ability to do this, right? You're, you're burdened by that technical debt we've been talking about earlier. And you're, you're, you're stuck at that one-time steady state versus the ability to evolve and, and reassess. Thank you very much. Interesting. Let's move around the table. Chris Hott, join us. What do you think? Agree or disagree? I think I know you agree, but I'm sure you have something to add to this. Go ahead. I'll definitely agree, but I'll but I'll state that what we're seeing is in organizations the innovation is happening everywhere. It's no longer just one group that's focused on innovation or or one um, particular subset of the of the business or the or the overall IT organization that's driving forward an innovation agenda. It's happening everywhere. And one of the real concepts of of having a clean ERP is having established governance for where inside of your broader platform, your broader IT landscape, where a company decides to go to to enact that innovation. So when an innovative idea comes up out of the business or comes up out of a, a small sub-team on, in, inside of IT, they mm-hmm. have a governance structure to go and say, here's how I'm going to enact this innovation and still protect that core and not add technical debt to the core and not disrupt yeah. the core, which is what's really driving forward the key business of the of the company. Thank you. Mike Corden, interesting conversation. Please join us. Sure. Um, the one when I when I read this and, and hear the answers from both Chip and Chris, one thing that comes to mind to me too is just how we've done business cases in the past and how businesses have looked at business cases in the past versus how I believe that they'll as afford, and it's really pivoted on innovation in itself. I think the traditional way of looking at a business case is you go through all these series of this is the value that I want to get. Once I get it, then it goes on the shelf. I don't think that's going to be the thinking as we continue to move forward because things are consistently changing, and all all businesses are looking to adapt to those changes and make sure that they're you know at the tip of the iceberg with that change, as opposed to just waiting until it's already established and then redoing a business case to then implement things that their competitors have um, since put into their landscape or into their business. Thank you very much. Chip, good conversation around the table. Anything you would like to add before I move on? No, I, I'm, I'm all set. I want to, I want to hear some of these guys. Is, uh, they're, they're okay. <laughs> we have a, f- a four-letter word we need to talk about right now. It's data, 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 data. Chris Hott, I'm looking at your statement number two. Let's talk about this. You say investing in clean and governed data and enriching that data over time is a key requirement for leveraging innovative technology, regardless of where enterprise technology moves in the future. And you have an example here. You say machine learning and automated processes require data to run off of. So let's talk about that. Chris Hott, talk to me about this statement. I like it. And then we'll go around and see what Mike and Chip have to say. Chris? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I picked machine learning because um, we think about how, how cool it is when we think about uh, what machines can do in terms of automation and then their learning and improving their automation, the cognitive processes that we're building. All of that's really cool. But at the underlying at the underlying core of that is the fact that they, these programs, these robots are running on top of a data set. And if that data set's no good, um, if that data set contains uh, variability, if it contains errors, well, then the decisions that the that these robots, that these automated processes make, they're going to break down. And so I, I pick machine learning because it's one of the cool things that we're always looking to to drive. But at the core of any organization, part of the governance that I talked about earlier around how we have a clean ERP environment is really governing how data is allowed to flow through the environment and making sure that at its core, there's a differentiated uh, set of data that is kept clean, that is kept standardized, and that is um, enriched 
in a thoughtful way over time so that everyone who starts to add processes on top of this data, whether it be machine learning, whether it be pricing uh, algorithms, whether it be new ways to interface with a customer, they all know how to use that data in the same ways and have a consistent approach to it so that we get consistent results across the organization. Thank you very much. Let's go. I, I love this topic. We we talk two things I like to talk about in these shows, data and people. And I think we're, we're covering those bases right now. Let's move to Mike. Comments on what Chris just introduced for us. Yes. And on Chris's statement, well, I'll focus on that back half. The underlying need for good data remains because I think that's important, especially with this topic. So when we introduce the, the concept of clean ERP, I think one of the most important things that goes hand-in-hand hand with that is the clean data that is needed throughout that, that new mm-hmm. ecosystem because now you do have all of these edge systems that are doing capabilities that traditionally were in the core, but now they live outside the core. So the data still remains, and the, and the, the need for that clean data still remains. And to me, it's, it's even more so than it was previously because now you're feeding this data across all of these different applications, and everyone knows the term, you know, the data you put in is the data you you get back. Some use other phrases within that. But it, it, I think it completely holds true when you really think about this clean ERP concept with the data that's going to be flowing across that entire ecosystem. Thank you very much. Chip, join us, please. So, you know, the other thing I, I, I think of a data, these guys are spot on, and I, I'm not going to argue, argue or disagree with it, right, is... is the addition to it is data we we oftentimes think of data as just the data that's in our ERP and that structural data. But in the landscape we live in now, data is much farther beyond the data of an ERP. You have sensor data, experience data, all these other things. And and the key to to um, being able to leverage all the tools and, and applications that are out there is you gotta be able to integrate that as well. And we've got to be thinking of solutions that can bring that to bear. So it's having good, clean, accurate data that you can leverage and then being able to integrate across all the different types of data that are out there that are going to, that's really going to um, help companies succeed. Thank you very much. Chris, thoughts on what your colleagues on the panel have shared? I like it. Yeah, I think we could put two concepts, one that Mike shared, one that Chip shared together into a pretty clean example of this. Mike talked about how some uh, traditional processes that used to live in the core are now sitting at the edge. And Chip talked about all the different types of data. And it, what immediately comes to mind is how, our, how companies are taking orders from customers now. So mm-hmm. if we think about that, that used to be a core process. But now, with the advent of folks placing their orders rapidly on mobile or just asking Alexa or another software provider to just deliver them a product, right now the way that we work, we need to have that core data, the what type of product are they buying, who is this, the customer that's buying it, what's my underlying price. That's that core data that needs to always be clean and consistent, but we're also gathering so much more data about which items did a, did a customer view on the web page and how long did they linger on each of those items and how might that inform their buying decisions in the future? That extra data that we're getting from these edge applications now, this is the combination that I think Chip's talking about where we can blend that together to make a better experience for customers at large. Thank you very much. Good around the table. Mike Corden, I'm looking at your notes here. We've covered a couple of concepts, but I think I found something interesting here. I'm looking at your statement number two, and I'm going to read a paraphrase of it and see what you have to say. Then we will invite Chip and Chris in as well. So Mike says, speed to value has always been a goal companies have strived for. Yes, indeed. Intelligent capabilities such as RPAs allow companies to decrease the overall effort of what were traditionally long-running programs. Mike, I'm going to do what they do on the news programs. They say, would you please unpack this for us? Go ahead, Mike Gordon. <laughs> yep. So when I, excuse me, when I think about speed to value, as you mentioned, all businesses are looking, how do I, how do I do this quicker and how do I achieve value um, at a more rapid pace? So with the, with the new technology that we see in, in um, Chris already hit on sort of how we see RPAs coming into play. So what we're doing is we're, we're seeing traditional activities that were done with hands-on keyboards are now able to be to be utilized via an, like an RPA, 
which gives us an overall decrease in in the kind of the workforce and the activities that people need to do and let the human side focus on more of the complex activities. Um, it definitely enables a quicker turnaround time in, in the traditional activities that we see across large ERP programs. I mean, if we give just two examples, no matter what you do in any large program or transformation, you're going to have some sort of design phase from a technical and functional side, and you're also going to have a testing phase. We're able to see even as this kinetic enterprise shift has, has come is over a 60% more efficient um, execution in those two phases alone. So what, we're, what, we're, what we are seeing today with the, with the advances in the technology is the ability to get that speed to value by introducing things that are making the more traditional activities that we've always done more efficient and giving us um, a better way to, to get the resolution quicker and therefore getting the value quicker. Thank you very much. Chip, join us. Thoughts about what Mike just shared, please. I think, you know, speed to value and just speed of implementation. Um, companies want things fast. The business wants things fast. I use, the, I use the term move at the speed of business. And um, business oftentimes, they want and desire to move faster than what technology can do and, the, and faster than technology can be implemented. And we've got to continue as, as technologists. We've got to continue to challenge ourselves to find ways to be able to do that. We've got to challenge ourselves to find ways to implement and, and leverage the tools like AI and automation in the way that we bring there to uh, how to implementation, but also um, allowing our clients to then get that value as fast as possible. Thank you very much. Chris Hott, please chime in. Yeah, going back to Chip's quote from Michael Jordan about uh, succeeding by failing many times before, I I think this is a key to really achieving a quick speed to value. Uh, We need to help our help companies understand how, at the core, uh, they need to they need to have a safe space for their organizations to be able to test out these new processes, the the robots, the RPAs, the robot process automation that um, Mike's talking about. We need to have a safe space within their landscape to test these out and fail quickly so that as soon as one that is uh, really identified to deliver value, as soon as one of those is identified, now it can be rolled out broadly in production. But we need to have uh, opportunities for folks to fail fast um, and to learn from that failure, be agile, make the make the robot, make the process more robust, and then be able to deploy that out to get that value quickly. There's no, other, there's no better way to get speed to value than to be able to test these ideas out quickly and rapidly. Chris, fail fast. Is that something that is, uh, it's just, it rubs long-time employees, long-time people in industries the wrong way. What do you mean fail fast? We're not going to fail. Do you think that that's, is that a new mentality? I could go around the table on this quickly. Is that a new mentality? Is that part of, oh, I'll say the M word, millennials? Is that something that I remember it from years ago, but not everybody embraces that. And it seems like it's necessary to become adaptable, to pivot, to become agile. Is that something that's hard to instill into a longstanding corporate culture, Chris? It, it can be, especially if the, that longstanding corporate culture doesn't have the, the space within their IT landscapes to fail safely. And that's what's really important. When it comes to the core of how we're executing, uh, executing a business process, um, I mean, if a, if a company's taking thousands of orders to, a day, we can't introduce risk in that process. That could, that could derail everything. So we can't fail in the core business processes. The mentality shift happens when when uh, companies figure out where in their in their innovative landscape they can fail fast without risk to those core processes. And so it's really important for uh, for folks to really differentiate where are those core spaces, um, mm-hmm. those the, the the key business decisions that I don't want to introduce any risk until we're really certain that there won't be failure there. And yes. where on the on the flip side at the edge. There's opportunity to try this fast failure with low risk and then potentially high value on the upside. Thank you. Great points there. Let's quickly go around the table and see what we have on this fail fast concept and corporate culture. Uh, Mike, I think you're next to Chris. What do you think? Sure. So I think the the desire from businesses and the need for the speed that everyone's looking for is introducing this concept more and more. And what I mean by that is 
the longer that you, you sit and you think I have this perfect and then I go to implement it and it doesn't work, I lost all that time. So this fail fast mentality allows us to really come up with ideas, allow everybody to give their ideas. Let's work through those in a, in a short time frame so we can mm-hmm. see if this is leading to something promising versus yeah. we know that this isn't going to work rather than spending months, weeks, whatever that is. I'm trying to make it perfect just to find out that it's not going to be promising and I'm going back to the drawing board. Great points. Chip, thoughts? So I think it's a Churchill quote, right? Perfection is the enemy of success or enemy of progress. Um, I think you look at companies who are constantly seeking to be perfect in what they do, um, particularly from a technology landscape, and I, you know, nothing can impede you more from, from being able to move at the pace that you want than seeking that perfection. You got to be willing to take some risks. You got to be willing to have a few bumps, um, because without that, you're, you'll never move. Thank you. And by the way, it goes back to Voltaire in 1770. Perfect is the enemy of good. And uh, another way of saying it is the best is the enemy of good. And the original Italian phrase is il meglio el limonico del bene. You going to forgive me for that, Holy Chip? Smoke, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just knew that right off the top. I just knew yeah. that. It's been sitting there in my brain waiting to use on a radio show with Deloitte. So I'm thank you for Ronnie, that. You've been, hearing quotes, you've been hearing quotes for how many years, right? So I guess I should have known. <laughs> Actually, I'm known as quick draw on the Google search chip. I have to admit. <laughs> I knew the quote was perfect as the enemy of good. I didn't know where it came from, but I will tell you that uh, Churchill is often often credited with things. And uh, somebody mentioned the, uh, I think you were the one who mentioned the Darwin quote. He never really said those words about uh, the, uh, the, the species that survive. It was a Professor Leon C. Meganson back in the early 1950s, I think, who said it when he was reading the works of Darwin, but Darwin never actually said those words. So uh, it sends off these little little shockwaves through my spine that say, wait a minute, I know that quote. Thank you, Chip. Uh, we have a little more time for a couple more comments here. Chip, I'm looking at your notes, and here's something I want to talk about. I, I really appreciated the conversation around the table from the three of you about Fail Fast. I think that needed to be said because we're talking about a big topic here today, clean, platform-first approach, but we also talked about the people side. So here's another people side. Chris uh, Chip rather says, what often is intended to put customers first, and I put that in bold, via individual great intentions can lead to massive technical debt, and in doing so actually prohibits one of the key tenants customers are looking for, the ability to change at pace to address their needs. So putting customers first, is this something that's really viable, workable, and how do you figure that out in terms of your core, your ERP, your data, your governance. Chip, why don't you give us a brief conversation about this, and then we'll go around the table, please. I think, Ronnie, you can still support your customers' needs, um, but you just have to be strategic in where and, and how you do it, right? And, and it goes back to our conversation earlier. I think you asked me, you know, who, who's responsible for driving this? And I, I answered, IT has to have the governance, but the business has to have, to have the mindset, right? Um, and it comes back to, there's always going to be customer, and t- customer requests, things you have to do for your customer. Um, but as you do it, it's looking at a platform-first approach. It's looking at what other platforms are out there, looking at you know, cloud-enabled solutions that you can integrate into your core versus just doing what, quote-unquote, seems like the easy thing customizing your core, which then mm-hmm. actually is going to layer in that technical debt and slow you down up in the future. So again, right. I think you can still do it. You just have to mm-hmm. be very strategic. You can't fall back to some of the, the old habits that we've had in the past of just layering in additional, you know, from your competitive advantage to your nice to have. Um, and instead looking at what are the other platforms that are out there where you can enable your customers, your customers' needs without building it in your core. Thank you. Let's go around the table. Chris Hutt, please join us. Thoughts about customer first, great intentions. We got fail fast in there somewhere as well. Go ahead. 
<laughs> well, I think we've gone back to the spaghetti code concept we talked about. This really becomes an additive problem because the, the first request that we might get from a customer might seem real, really simple. And so we make that change. And as, as Chip said, if we're not doing it correctly, we're making that change right in our core process. And then we get a second request and a third request, and then maybe we add on uh, some other requests from other customers. And all of a sudden, we're into that intertwined code where all, to make one delivery, for example, it has to check each of these different customer-specific requirements that we've built in. And then all of a sudden, there's a, there's a cataclysmic shift in this business model, and all of your customers want to shift to a new delivery methodology. Well, at that point, you're no longer able to serve your customers. We haven't really met their base need of being able to shift and stay agile with their own landscape. And so at the end of the day, doing the right thing for our customers is often allowing us to have streamlined processes that will help them to continue to innovate going forward and being true partners across that landscape and helping each other be able to grow. Thank you. Mike Corden, chime in, please. Yeah, so... As you read this one, Bonnie, one thing came to mind immediately, and it, mm-hmm. to give a, a real-life example, it's around EDI. Yep. So a lot of businesses will, will work with their um, customers to work through their EDI landscape, and in the beginning, okay, I'll make that change for this person, I'll make this change for this person, but what you're doing in the back end is you're making a lot of customizations to your core or, or within your landscape. So me, it's putting the customers first. I think you can still get to that um, mindset. But as Chip said, there has to be some common ground on some of these things where we're not making many changes or it's, it's snowballing into a lot of um, technicality or a lot of customization within the system that ultimately or eventually I'm going to have to go un- unwind as I look mm-hmm. to do any upgrades or move forward in my technical landscape. Thank you very much. Good conversation on that one, Chip. Glad we had it in the notes here. We've got seven minutes left till we have to say goodbye on this episode of the Kinetic Enterprise. So I'd like to go around the table and give you each about a minute and a half. That's a long time, as Chip knows, for your prediction on where this is headed. Let's say, well, we're already February. My goodness. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. And I'm loving this conversation. <laughs> Thank you very much. Should have said that at the beginning. Uh, where do we think this is going to go, let's say, between a minute after we end the show today and 2025, the concept of clean and intelligent with a platform-first approach. Chip, let's do this in the opening order. Chip Klein-Hexel, what do you think? What's the future of, of what we're discussing today? 90 seconds. This is a mindset we actually put out in the marketplace about two years ago, and so we're starting to already see it take shape. Um, we've seen examples where Companies are now able to reduce their technical debt by, by over 50% based on what we initially estimated to what we're, uh, what we're seeing as the end result. So it's happening. Um, it's, and now, I think, as you go to, from now until 2025, as we see responsive solutions, cloud-enabled solutions that allow us to um, further build in and leverage RPA and AI um, and in solutions where you don't need to bring that code into the core of your ERP, we're going to see more and more people be successful at it. We're going to see more and more companies and industries um, embrace this. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to lead the way. And it's going to help clients, as we've been saying, be agile and move and, and address the disruptors that come their way. Thank you very much. Let's go to Chris Hot. Chris, uh, yeah, you could have about 90 seconds for this. Go ahead. I think the key to where this is going to move in the future is really all based around the concept of automation. There's some great animations I've seen where you see an ERP at the core and then suddenly system A is being plugged in and then system B is being plugged in and system A is being taken back out. That kind of motion um, is all really predicated on the idea that uh, the companies have invested in automation and they're ready to take those clean processes and take the thoughtful integrations that we talked about earlier and be able to automate how we test and make sure that those core processes and integrations are stable um, ongoing as the, as the broader IT organization plugs in and plugs out these external systems, hopefully being able to deliver that rapid business value without any impact to the core process. 
So I really think automation is the key in watching the automation uh, drive a lot of the speed across how these uh, organizations can move. Thank you very much. Mike Corden, I can give you a whole two minutes because they were so <laughs> efficient in their predictions. So, Mike, you're the winner. <laughs> you got the prize here. Go ahead, Mike. Okay. So as I look into the future, really, the way that I see this kind of transforming over the next couple of years is I believe some of the most of the topics that we hit today is what I truly believe in and where we're going. And I'll start with the clean ERP piece. I think businesses and companies are really going to look to make this shift from the way that we've done in the past versus where we can go into the future and have that clean core for multiple reasons. And and we talked about uh, most of them today. One being it it allows me to continue to get upgrades and have the the latest um, technology available across my business. Um, But it also allows me to use these edge systems to the way that we want to use them. And I really think in the future, the landscape will look different than what we've seen in the past, where we did have a lot of those competitive advantage solutions built and customized directly in the core for that one-stop shop type place, where in the future, we will see capabilities being enabled across a multitude of applications that surround the core so Mm -hmm. that the business is getting both the, the best of both worlds where they're getting a core that can easily be updated and can evolve with mergers. It can evolve with any new innovations that are coming on without having to untangle a bunch of customization. But I'm also getting the benefit of all of the edge systems that I put into my ecosystem and I'm maximizing the value that I have within those systems and making sure that I'm utilizing them in the way that they were always intended to, as opposed to trying to, you know, fit a square into a round hole um, where we're, Kind of that's what we were doing in the past when we were trying to get all requirements and all business solutions in one place. I believe the future will see a shift in the core will be more from a, a clean perspective and be be able to have that upgrade path. But the outside systems is really what's going to drive a lot of those competitive advantages and business solutions. Thank you very much. Looking ahead into that crystal ball from the three of you. Thank you. I want to thank my three very, very savvy panelists. Thank you, gentlemen, for sharing your insights, your knowledge, your passion for this topic. It always comes through, right, Chip? The passion for the topic is what people are looking for. You're all real people, and I appreciate that. We've been talking, in case you missed the whole show, it'll be on demand soon. We've been talking about the Kinetic Enterprise, clean and intelligent with platform first. We covered a lot of ground. Thank you. Big thanks to my my three panelists, Chip Klein, Hexel, Chris Hutt, and Mike Corden at Deloitte. And a thank you to the three ladies behind the scenes who have sponsored this series. And we have one more to add today. Malia Aguilar, thank you so much for all your work. You're on vacation. Hope you're having a good one. Carla Neal Slavin, I've been working with you for, oh my goodness, almost a decade on radio. And thank you for bringing this series to us. Helen Thomas, you too, longtime colleague here. And Maria Rechtewald helped to put the show together as well. And a shout out, of course, to Aaron Keller, my nerves of steel production engineer at World Talk Radio. He's in his 20s, but I think he's he's already an old soul after working with me on so many shows. I'm just going to say have a great day, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. Take time to say I love you to someone and maybe just yourself. Have a good one. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for Deloitte, the Kinetic Enterprise Radio. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Kinetic Enterprise, built to evolve, presented by Deloitte. Be sure to join host Bonnie D. Graham next Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Deloitte can help you reimagine everything in order to get the most out of your SAP investments and position your business for tomorrow's demands. Learn more at Deloitte.com SAP. This program is copyright Deloitte Development, LLC. All rights reserved.